Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. I think that ownership is on board, and Robert Kraft has said this, with anything Bill wants to do. that He just wants to see it work when he does it. Robert made it very clear and summoned reporters while we were at the owners' meetings to hear him out when he said, I would never put Bill on any kind of a budget. He has carte blanche to do what he wants with the roster and the spending. Bill is fairly economical already, but I just don't think they're in a position, Mego, where you want to be nickel and diving a player like DeAndre Hopkins and cutting off your nose to spite your face. Just because you've made mistakes with Nikhil Harry or Antonio Brown or Mohamed Sanu or you name the player, Nelson Aguilar, now's not the time to stop digging when you're in a critical season. Ken and Curtis, no Ken today. Andy Hart filling in. That was Tommy Curran with Jones and Mago, what, two, three weeks ago? And, you know... I have been all over the place this this offseason with the Patriots. I've been all over Kraft. I've been all over Bill. I've been all over the whole situation. And I have resigned myself to the fact that no matter how much I beloviate, no matter how angry it makes me, Bill Belichick is in charge of the roster, and he's going to do it his effing way as long as he has the effing job. Mm. And it sucks for the consumer. It sucks for the organization. But you know what? I kind of understand the dynamic now. You lost Tom Brady, you let him leave, he wins the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick, I believe, is going to coach until he wins 19 more games. He's going to surpass Shula. So let's say they fire him today and say, what you did last year with Patricia and Judge was a fireable offense and you built the bad team and I'm sick of your miserable nature in the building, goodbye. Well, he'll go to Dallas. He'll go somewhere else. And you're sitting here with a roster that's inferior, with an unproven head coach, having the daunting daunting task of replacing the greatest to ever do it, according to many. So you sit in the bed you made with the guy you made it with, and now you're sitting here looking at 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, potentially last place in the division without much light in the, in the future. Am I wrong, Andy Hart? Uh, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think they're a mediocre team. Uh, and... Probably with below mediocre talent, 
depending on whether you're on the uptick or the downtick. I know a lot of people, the, the, one of the recent narratives has been like getting past the bad drafts, and now you've had a few good drafts. Maybe. I, I'm not sure about that. I liked it at the time, and there was reason to believe a couple years ago you had a good draft. But I'm not sure Mac Jones is your quarterback. And if Mac Jones is not your quarterback, that draft becomes less likable. And who was the second-round pick? Christian Barmore, who was the next Aaron Donald. And I kind of was part of that, he, oh, this guy's really athletic. And blah. He did nothing last year. That's correct. And if both of those two aren't who they were purported or reported to be coming out of their rookie year, was that a good draft? If you blew the 15th pick and then the 30-whatever pick, 36th pick or 39th pick, whatever Barmore was? Yeah, two top 40 picks. I mean, two top, like, that's not a good draft. I'm sorry. No. That gets added to the list of not good or bad drafts. And and you know how you overcome a bad draft? You do what your competing team in the division is, which is accept that you made the wrong choice at number two in the draft and trade for one of the top two players, five players, at his position, at your most important position in Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be talking about Zach Wilson if Aaron Rodgers takes the Jets on a playoff run this year. They, they, they literally won't. Joe Douglas is still viewed as a pretty good GM. He's got a gut. I mean, he's got a good standing in his job, and he's won a lot less than, than Bill for sure, but they had a significant need because of a major mistake made at the top of the draft. Instead of doubling down or, you know, being loyal to a decision you first made, you evolved and said, we need to correct an error. Zach is not the right guy with the locker room. He's not the right guy in the field. We misread it. It was a it was a tough pandemic. You know, it was an odd time to be scouting. Sure. We screwed up. Yeah. With the Patriots, it's that Bill Belichick will never change in his belief that defense wins championships and that you start overpaying for some guys, you're going to have to overpay them all. Now, that has been disproven over and over and over again across the NFL. All of these jails, cap jail, all this nonsense, you may you might find there for a year or two, but what have the last three seasons been? I mean, it, were you just in your own cap jail? What, why were you mediocre for three years? Why are you under 500 in the last three years? So, well, I would argue quarterback. Right. Very simple. Well, but here's this. You, you moved on from a quarterback. Yes. You believed, Bill Belichick believes, that you could win with any top 15 quarterback. All you need is a good defense, special teams. You need to be disciplined. Did that team look disciplined last year? No. Does it was the arguably team, the worst coached Belichick team. Of all time. Of all time. I mean, And I think the second place team might be the one the year before. <laughs> I think the last two years are the two worst coached Belichick, certainly Patriots, teams. And, you know, I heard Mike, I think it might have been uh, Mike Cadillac, I think, I don't know. I heard this recently. Maybe it was Mike Cadillac. If it was someone else, I apologize. I thought you called him something different. I know. I always say K-A-L-D-I-C-K, but that's not the name. Sorry, Mike. I'll just call you Mike. For Zoko and Mike. Just Mike, because so, there's no other Mikes out there. Right. MK. So, um, none of those. Um, that the, uh, now I lost my train of thought. We were talking about, oh, that the brain, so I talked forever about the brain drain within the Patriots coaching staff, yep. right? You look at the last Super Bowl team in 2018, you got Flores, you've got uh, Dante Scarnecchia, you've got McDaniels, uh, McDaniels you've got Joe Judge coaching special teams, something that he could do. You go up and down that, that roster, you had Bill as you know the head coach, mm-hmm. and you had the offense and defense taken care of. Brian Flores might be the most underrated coach on the staffs that Belichick has had in the last 15 years. Anyway, 617, BC guy. <laughs> uh, he should take over from Halfley. Uh, but the... Um, 
Actually, that's not a bad idea. It's not a terrible idea, Holy especially God. if he indeed ever gets blackballed completely from the NFL. Oh, think about that. I don't even know who are. I honestly don't even know who the AD is now for BC, but whoever you are, Father uh, Leahy, hire him. So the, um, the Patriots now, the optimism I'm hearing is that their staff has dramatically improved. Yes. Bill O'Brien, obviously, you know, you and I would be a step forward, but Bill O'Brien's a major step in the right direction as the coordinator of offense. You got Clem coaching the offensive line, not Patricia. You've got um, Judge back to special teams. Judge back to special teams. You've got Mayo back on board with defense along with Steve. Yep. So that's reason for, you know, positivity. But no matter how well coached this team becomes, you still need DeAndre Hopkins. You still need Dalvin Cook. You need a left tackle. You the the notion that they are entering the season with this number of holes, it means that Bill's getting further and further away from the reality he's living, and it happens to the best of us. You surround yourself with yes men, you get further and further deranged as you age. It's not you know it's the way we all are. I'm already pretty far far off my you know my my prime, and I'm only thirty nine. God knows what I'll be like when I'm seventy if I make it. But Bill Belichick is no longer the coach that he thinks he is that can elevate the players, and he is not reacting to the NFL as it has evolved away from defense to offense. Yeah, I I mean, the way I have put it and the thing, I think there's two ways to be good in the NFL, to be a contender to be good. Top five quarterback or top five roster. And then if you happen to blend the two at some point in there, that's when you have a nice run of, I'm going to the AFC Championship game every year, I'm going to the Super Bowl. Right, that's 0304, 14, 16. So we know they don't have a top five quarterback, right? Right. And we also know they don't have a top five roster. They're not even close. And that's where I think it just, it's so simple. And we forget about, because coaching's great. Coaching is really good. It can get more out of you. I don't know that anyone ever said there's three ways to be good in the NFL. Have a top five coaching staff. I, I just don't think if you don't have Ron Borges, I know people hate Ron Borges, but the whole like Jimmy's and Joe's X's and O's, you got to have the horses. Right. And it's great. I saw this week was a pro football. Somebody was like Bill O'Brien's the second best offensive coordinator in football. And he may be. And You made a face, but he may be. Let's just pretend that it's true. Okay. So, like, if the quarterback can't play, the quarterback can't play. I don't care how good a coach you are. And Mac Jones, it is interesting. I think he's gone from, let's just say, top five offensive coordinator to probably top five worst offensive coordinators in the history of the game last year back to a top five offensive coordinator. But that probably only gets you back to the mediocre Mac Jones as a rookie, right? Like, okay, we'll get back to baseline. That doesn't mean Mac Jones is good enough to make plays, win games, carry a team. And the rest of the talent, as all these lists that come out this time of year show you, is mediocre at best. Patriots don't aren't littered with top 100 players, top 10 at their position players. And that gets back to just overall roster development. Overall, like however you think they screwed it up. Trades, making trades or not making trades. Draft picks, making the wrong pick, the wrong guy, or free agent dollars that Robert bitched about. Return right. on investment. Remember when he brought up like return on the investment from a couple of years ago? Yep. And everybody thought it was a a shot at McDaniels. Oh, we're going to have better return on investment offensively. How'd that work out for you, as yeah. Glenn Ordway would, would often say? Right. So they've screwed it up in all areas. And, and, I, I, and people are going to be like, oh, you get on with Curtis and you get negative. It is what it is. I, I'm so positive. I love life and I love Andy. I just think we're being honest. Right. I, I, I hate when people say you're negative. No, I, I, I'm just allowing you. Like, one of the things that agitates me more than anything is the revisionist history of last year 
and I hear this, it's not anybody. It's almost everyone I hear, the Patriots fanboy media people out there, that say, well, I mean, if if Ramondre doesn't fumble and if they don't allow the lateral against the, the Raiders, they, they win 10 games. Right. Well, then you're excluding the Jets game, which you basically uh, were in a rock fight standing still against Zach Wilson at home. They punted to you, and you won the game. Right. You can go back and do four to five games. It's the same way when people talk about the Yeah, Patriots. if Malcolm Butler didn't pick off that pass at the end zone, you wouldn't have, right. have you know six champions. If right. Adam Vinatieri couldn't hit field goals, you wouldn't win Super Bowls. If, if Atlanta had just run the ball instead of throwing it for some reason, like you would have had four. But here's the other end of that. What you just said is all true. I, as someone who's president of the Brady fan club, I hear Brady people say, well, he, he left with the lead in two of those games. There could never be a Brady if there wasn't Walt Coleman and the tuck rule. Right. You can go back to the beginning and re- it all evens out over time. And the NFL, if you follow year to year, there are all these teams that say, oh, they're the tough luck Lions. They have seven losses by six points or lo-. like right. a lot of these games are close. Exactly. A play makes a difference. And you know what the Bill Belichick coaching method relied upon? Buy-in. In order for this to work, you needed it early on. It was McGinnis. Bruschi, Vrabel, Tylaw, it evolved into Brady. I thought you were going to say star players. But but no, but the, the guys. Lawrence that, Taylor, Tom Brady. Of like. course, stars are important. <laughs> but partially, you need your best players to be most invested in every sport at all times. Whether it was Jordan, LeBron, Brady, you name it, Jeter. The best players on the team need to also be your hardest workers. In many cases. And that's why Tom Brady was so important in the early 2000s. No, but in the early 2000s, you combi- got the parking space. You combine Brady. You're like reliving the glory. No, but if you Rodney could- Harrison tried to oh, beat him in God. one day, and Brady was already on the bench. I could watch those Tom versus, not the uh, the uh, man in the arena early, yeah. but, oh, the ones were Vrabel and all those. Oh, God. Absolute porn for me. But 03, you had the perfect storm. Top five roster, top five coach, top five quarterback. You have that what what encapsulate I talked to Boomer about this last year on the Greg Hill show. What you used to have was Bill snapping the ball with Lonnie Paxton on Monday night football at Mile House Mile High Stadium to to punt the ball back to get the ball and win a game that you should have never won. You had the brilliance of Bill Belichick, game specific understanding better than anybody else, along with the roster and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now you have Jacoby Myers throwing the ball to Chandler Jones going the other way, and you're standing there like, what the hell just happened? It is the full 180 of the entire organization where you don't have the same talent. The coach, whatever percentage it is, there's a reason you don't coach till you're 85. You lose some abilities in real time as you age. I'm exhibit A. I'm 39 going on 80. And you have the lacks, the, the quarterback that you didn't have before. You have all these things, but Bill doesn't accept the changing landscape of his own roster how do we expect him to anticipate the changing landscape of the rest of the NFL? So you brought up the Aaron Rodgers thing. Yeah. Like, they went out. You beat the Jets twice last year because their quarterback was terrible. The only team basically. in the division you've beaten in the last three right. years, really, is the Jets. And they, they the, really, the Jets beat the Jets. The Patriots didn't really beat the Jets. Right. The Jets beat themselves. And the reps helped out with that roughing the passer. Sure. But th- we've gone down this road in recent years with quarterbacks available. Matthew Stafford, I think when he was available, was like, no, he's wants no part of New England. I forgot how exactly that all played right. out. And Aaron Rodgers, the report is, turned down, nope, wants no part of New England. Part of that is also, you don't have a very good roster. Like, everybody said the Jets had what? 
Super Bowl caliber defense, championship caliber defense, one of the best young offenses in football with Garrett Wilson. Right? Some people think he's going to be the breakout superstar wide receiver of the NFL this year. Brees Hall, star running back. You don't even have that prepared, and that's what I think if I'm a, a Patriots fan whose objective is most alarming. Like, we don't have the roster. We don't have the quarterback. Are we really just banking on we're going to outcoach everybody because Bill O'Brien's here and he's the second-best offensive coordinator in football? Because I don't really think that happens. I just don't. Football is the most important coached sport. No one can argue that. Coaching is more important in football than the, the other three, probably combined. But you don't win just because of the coaches. Right. So the fact that you're excited about your offseason because you no longer have crappy coaches, I don't really know how valuable that is. It's great, so you won't be angry at Matt Patricia. You may not hate the games you're watching next year for various reasons, but does it put you in position to win? Only if these guys take leaps. Right. Right. Only if Juju is the good Juju. And I've yet to see Juju on the field, so I don't know what Juju what, is because he's hurt. What happened with the knee? What, how did they miss that? I don't get it. Well, Maybe they didn't. Maybe they knew this. Maybe they knew all along the timeline for his availability on the field. And Mac has worked out with him. Mac's talked about, oh, he's a football nerd like me, and I like being around him. And someday we'll get him out on the field and we'll show it, blah, blah, blah. But is what are you banking on other than Bill O'Brien? Like, what do you feel really good about if you're optimistic? I know you're not, <laughs> so this is tough for you. I but I want try. Chris Curtis to envision an optimistic Patriots season. Give me the top three non-coaching reasons that you believe the Patriots will be good and or better than expected in 2023. And I'll do that next. Damn it! Hi, Bruins fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.